Good morning, everyone. This is Riddell here with Behold the Connection. You can find information about my life-changing, game-changing parenting course on beholdtheconnection.podia.com. I highly, highly recommend it if you're struggling in any relationship in life, but especially if you're having struggles with a child, with parenting a child. I truly cannot speak highly enough about it. You can go to beholdtheconnection.podia.com or you can simply Google being a happy and connected parent and it'll pop up. Now on to today's episode. So many of us are going through transitions right now, whether that be work-related, health-related, school-related, really, truly, Um, It can be a bit of a topsy-turvy world at the moment. And I have had an incredible amount of messages lately where people are reaching out, wondering why suddenly they've turned into monsters. That was one person's own words. I've done the work. I've done the course. I was such a good mom for a while, but I'm sliding into a monster again. There's a few things here. First of all, you're not a monster. You're a normal human with a human brain that's programmed for at its most basic and primitive and practiced level, survival. Your brain isn't here to keep you happy. Your brain is here to keep you safe. So when you are in the middle of a big new transition, sometimes we can experience a backslide in our emotional maturity or our responses. And this can feel, if we let it, discouraging. (laughs) So I am here on this podcast today to tell you that if you are experiencing this, if you're in what my mama always called a stretchy, growy time in your life, meaning you're stretching and growing because you're either learning new things or you're going through grief or you're going through a really tough time, with relationships or emotions, if you're in a stretchy, growy time, you're not a monster. You're a human being that's stretching and growing. And when we're stretching and growing, our brain kicks into survival, not let's make everything fun. So what does that then look like? So our brains really have um, kind of two things going on all the time. The first is that the brain wants to conserve energy. The brain wants to uh, go to familiar loops and automate things so that it can conserve energy. Now, from a very, you know, basic primitive level, this made sense because you would conserve brain and physical energy all day so that when that moose or deer came along and you as, you know, hunters and gatherers or um, a small village needed to go get that animal, you needed the energy. That's just the fact. You needed the energy. And so when the rubber hits the road, the brain gets very protective and wants to conserve energy. I'll speak more about that in a second. And the other thing the brain likes is at the same time as that, the brain likes a job to do, okay, at times. Our brains are very busy. So now this this concept of the brain wanting a job to do, this is as our brains have become more sophisticated 
and we've become very enlightened as people and we've grown in technology. And so we've really developed our prefrontal cortexes. So our brain is eager to learn and grow and make new connections. So this essentially creates the perfect storm because that awareness that really, um, well, the prefrontal cortex, what that's going to do is it's so intelligent that it's going to offer thoughts all day long. It's going to spin. It's going to ruminate. And then the lower brain is trying to conserve energy. And so the lower brain will offer um, thoughts that really don't serve you, thoughts that keep you stuck, thoughts that aren't motivating. And then what's going to happen? So so the lower brain's offering really some some lazy and poor and um, old patterny type of thoughts. And the higher brain, who's just looking for something to spin on, like, give me a job to do, give me a goal, give me something, is grabbing those thoughts and spinning on them. Okay, so this, this is a bit of what's going on with anxiety as well. But I'm speaking on this podcast more to when you're going through a transition or a hard time or something new in life and you're feeling that struggle, like you are riding the struggle bus. That's what I'm speaking to. So I always talk about self-compassion. In fact, wasn't that my last podcast? I think it was. There is no upside ever to being real critical of ourselves I really, truly don't know anyone who has made a long-term change that they wanted to make through self-hatred. Self-hatred and self-criticism are not good motivators. That's just, the the dopamine hits that come from that are are few. (laughs) Really, we do things that make us feel good. And so we want to lead with self-compassion. Now, A lot of people get really stuck here because they feel that if they give themselves compassion during a hard time where they're acting like a monster, that they're going to, that's going to just worsen. That's not really very likely to happen. There's a few personality disorders, certainly, where um, the brain in that person can really run with becoming meaner and meaner to themselves and others. Um, but typically for your average person, self-compassion sort of scoops you up like a weary, a weary person in a beautiful, okay, this is what's going on in my mind. I'm picturing a beautiful hot air balloon. I don't know if those are good for the environment or not. As I'm saying that, I'm like, bad choice of an example, Rudell. Someone probably thinks those are really bad. Anyways, picture a hot air balloon and picture a weary mother stumbling along on the road and the that hot air balloon coming down beside her, the door opening, the mom getting in and resting. And in that hot air balloon is a spa and pampering and the best sleep of her life. And it rises up and gives her that break she needs. And everyone down on the ground below, all her kids or whatever stresses she has, they're sort of just in pause. Nothing worse is happening. They're just in pause down below while she takes this restorative time. So that was a weird example, but that's how my brain works. So welcome to the party. So self-compassion, this is what I want you to take away from that. Self-compassion is not the same thing as resignation. You're not resigning to what we think is a crappier version of ourselves. Not at all. You're building up mental strength. You're flexing that resiliency muscle. You're recognizing that 
life has feelings, human brains ebb and flow. Like, let's really talk about what's actually going on when you're on the struggle bus. Here's what it is. So our lower brain wants things easy and to conserve energy. So what our brains do, and the moment I give an example of this, you're going to think, oh, right, is our brains automate things. So I want you to think about you're making tomato soup from a can. You likely are not super conscious of grabbing the can from the pantry, making sure the the lid on it, or not the lid, but the top of it's not too dusty because you're about to can open it and you don't want dust, I guess, falling in. This is a step I overlook because, I mean, immune system. I'm just joking. Anyways, you go to the drawer, you take out your can opener, you open it, you look at which way it goes, you hook it on, your twist. How many twists? One, two, three. Now, oh, almost there. Now the can is open. This does not happen in your brain because your brain is actually thinking about something else because you've automated this. You grab the can and before you know it, the, the, it's open, right? And you're dumping it in, you're adding the milk or water, however you make it, please use milk, it's better. Almond milk, dairy milk, doesn't matter. Anyway, so you're making the tomato soup. So the brain automates things that you do regularly, memorizes it, and then that can be driven from your lower brain as, a, as really a very automatic response. I've heard it said too that this is similar to washing your hair. So you're in the you're in the shower, you're not like thinking, okay, now what is the first step in washing my hair? Oh yes, get it wet enough. Now what size of shampoo do I use? No, you're squirting that in your hands, you're scrubbing your hair, you're rinsing it, your mind is somewhere else. The process of opening the can of soup and cooking that tomato soup or the process of driving to work is another example, right? You're sort of there. Well, what the heck were you thinking about in between? Because did you even stop at that stop sign? Of course you did. It's automated in your brain. This is how our brains are efficient, okay? This is how we actually can do what we do because our brains automate things. So what does that mean in times of transition or change or um, upheaval or after you've moved or in the middle of a divorce or when you just started homeschooling or in the middle of a pandemic? It means that you've had a big disrupt to most of your automated systems. Here's another example of that, just to drive the point home. When we're on holidays, we often, we're a family of six, so I often um, will pack lunches. So I run into the grocery store in, let's just say, San Diego. Okay, it's a brand new grocery store. I've never been in there, but I know I need these six items for lunch. It can take me longer than it should because I don't know which aisle and I'm just easily distracted. Well, I've never seen bread quite that fresh before. Well, why does this store have all the fancy cheeses? But more than that, I'm really just unsure of where things are. It's unfamiliar. Okay, so it just simply takes longer. I don't have a groove in that store. I don't have a routine. My store at home, I can do a full grocery shop for a week in 20, 15 minutes. I mean, I loop, things are flying. Um, The only time that I have a pause is if, well, where'd that go? Oh, they're sold out of that. And then I have to like reconfigure, but it takes a second because that's happened to me before. I've had to reconfigure before. They don't have the three cheese ranch and the brand I like. I know two shows up is the off-brand one. Buying that one, carrying on. So this is how it is in times of transition is everything is new. 
So I look to myself right now where I'm in grad school. That's not new. I started that last year. But what is new is homeschooling my four children. (laughs) And while, to be totally honest, it's going way better than I expected, the what day is it today? September 26th. And we started on August 31st or September 1st, one of those two. The first 20 days, I sort of felt like I either had my head just a bit above water or just a little beneath the water. There was never like a full, um, I give the weirdest examples. At no point was I shooting out of the water like a dolphin just just soaring through the month, right? There were like little winds and then treading water like, please let me survive. Because everything was new. I was trying to find a routine. I was trying to find a math program. I was trying to find, okay, what time of day is my mood the best so I can show up the best for the kids? But also what time of day is my mood and abilities the best to show up for myself for all my grad school work? Just every routine right down to what do kids at home eat for lunch? Should I pack them sandwiches? Like, you know, everything kind of had to be revisited mentally And the mental load of that for the first 20 days until sort of systems got in place and got automated till my brain sort of caught up till the prefrontal cortex took over and then started automating things in my lower brain until that happened, the mental load has been heavy. So then what happens when the mental load becomes heavy? Well, you guys email me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, but you do. And you think, I'm a monster. I've backslid. You haven't backslid. You're a human being. You're just a human being with a human brain figuring things out. When you are worn out, when you're tired, when the mental load from so many decisions in a new phase of life gets heavy, you likely won't show up as the best version of yourself. You aren't bad. You are not a bad parent. What you need is rest. You need mental rest or sometimes physical rest. Depends on what you're going through. But we sometimes make it mean something, don't we? I talk about that a lot about uh, on my podcast and in my parenting course. What are we making that mean? What was What could... I have made my overwhelm for the first 20 days of September mean. I could have made it mean I'd made an awful choice. I could have made it mean that I'm not cut out to be a homeschooler. I could have made it mean that a million things about me, myself, and my children. Because I know about the brain, most of the days I made it mean that I'm going through a transition and so my brain is mentally taxed. When your brain is mentally taxed, it looks for outs. What does that mean? It means that old patterns and really good thought loops that you have. Now, um, I'll just continue that thought. Thought loops that you have are being offered to your brain as a quicker response. So let's say you've done my parenting course and you connect before you correct. Your yelling has gone down uh, heap loads, which is a number one thing people report, that they're really a calm parent now, Okay. I mean, it is called how to be a happy and connected parent. And it does work. And you guys are seeing the results. Now, let's say that some of you are in a really big upheaval and transition. You feel like I didn't actually make change because I've slid back into X, Y, or Z. 
You've made the change. You think those new synaptic connections are just gone? All that learning's gone? It's not gone. All that's happening is your brain is short-circuiting two more familiar loops. The loops you've had for 10 years or 30 years or 40 years or the response that you've had to that child for its lifetime is what's coming back because you're mentally taxed. It does take more work to override that type of a reaction and go to the new learning that you've learned in the last six months. Okay, wait, I can breathe. I can. That just takes more effort. Now, 10 years from now, after you've practiced all the tools in the parenting course, it's very likely that a a time of upheaval wouldn't set you back so far. Maybe you'd slide back a little, but not, not right back to, you know, throwing things and being crazy, right? So this... All this to say, nothing's gone wrong. That's a motto of mine. You're a human being going through a transition with a human brain, and your human brain is looking for easier ways to do this, old familiar loops, just to save energy, okay, to make quicker decisions, because it wants to conserve energy. Your brain can see that you're taxed to the max. Taxed to the max? taxed. Yeah, that makes sense. That just came out of nowhere, friends. (laughs) Thanks for being here. (laughs) Really, truly think about it. Think about the things that your mom brain at this moment is trying to remember. You're trying to remember passwords for computers. You're trying to remember uh, appointments, medical, dental, trying to remember birthdays. What does that kid want? What kind of birthday party can I throw during COVID? The name of the teachers, the name of the friends, the name of the new homeschooler friends, if that's what you're doing, what you need at the store. And why do you keep forgetting to buy watermelon. Um, your work lists, your, where you park the car, where are the chargers and why do they break so fast? <laughs> which kid will eat burgers and which one do- suddenly doesn't like them anymore? This is a reality in my life. So it's okay to be the hot mess express during transitions. The other day I on Instagram, Behold the Connection, I did a little dance on my stories because I was dropping all kinds of balls and I did this little silly dance and I was like, welcome to the Hot Mess Express. And then I added the caption and I still love and respect me. Do you know that you can love yourself through icky times, through stretchy, growy times, through hard times, through times where you're showing up as the version of yourself that isn't your favorite? And in fact... If you, I feel emotional, I don't know why, but if you love yourself through those times, what happens is, like picture an outline of your body and imagine that, you know, picture a bright yellow color and it's like so low right now, it's down to your ankles because you're struggling. And then picture the more that you love yourself and just deeply and truly accept yourself in your struggle for your humanness, for your grief, for your loss, for your anger whatever, for the mental load that why did no one tell us about this mental load, right? Now picture the more that you pour in, picture a a beautiful miracle grow water, a miracle growing all my perennials right now. If that is going to kill them, someone please tell me because I'm doing it once a week and I'm giving them a whole bunch. I really want to become a little bit better of a shrub gardener person. Okay, back to this. There's miracle grow going in the top of your head. And you see that beautiful bright yellow light going up. You know, now it's at your hips, your belly button, your chest, your head. What happens when it reaches the top of your head, if you're a mother or, well, even if you're not, I just mean 
if you're a mother and your children are around you, it pours out the top of your head onto the people around you. So that could be coworkers, of course, or a partner or friends. I, I think I'm mostly speaking to a group of mothers here. And so that's often the analogy I'll use. Please don't be upset. So it's pouring out. It's now a sprinkler coming out the top of your head. And that self-compassion and that bright light is sprinkling down onto your kids. That's why it matters that you don't lead with anger, hate, judgment, and calling yourself a monster. You are not. Not only are you going to fill yourself back up and sprinkle out, but you are showing your children and those around you what it looks like to meet yourself where you are, to ride the struggle bus, to build resiliency, to see and own your faults. I'm sorry I just yelled there. That's not how I want to act as a mom. Let me try that again, children. You're showing and teaching so much. Please don't underestimate the lessons that come in the struggle bus times. How else are our children going to learn from us how to ride out struggles? You don't think your kids are going to have struggles? They are. And what are they going to think? They don't need a perfect mom that they can't they need to be able to tap into a memory of their mom struggling and then what did she do? They don't need this glossed over perfect mom. They do not. They need to see and accept and love and meet with self-compassion all the dynamic parts of being a human, okay? So are you actually an angry mom, a monster, or are you going through a hard time? Are you backsliding a little because it's hard and the brain is conserving energy? Are you, uh, are you a, an angry mom or do you just have unmet needs at the moment? Do you have a need of quiet and downtime? Do you have a need for social connection or physical rest or mental rest? Are you craving being creative? Are you needing movement? Do you need more food and water? Do you need more mental stimulation or do you need less? I find I often need less right now. Like, put me in a dark room with nothing. I need less at the moment. The truth of the matter is that even in our free time, tell me if you're guilty of this, it doesn't really feel like free time because of our mismanaged minds and we think about all the things we should be doing. I hate the shoulds. You know I do. Drop that piece, right? Get off Instagram if you need a break. Stop trying to do everything Move your body, even if it's a two-minute walk outside. Give yourself compassion and grace. Put the phone down. Put up boundaries. Let go of perfection. Please let go of perfection. Your kids need present. They don't need perfect. And sometimes they don't even need present. Sometimes they just need to know that you're there in the background working on you. You know? Loosen your grip on things a little bit. I like to ask myself, what would happen if I let this go for this hour, for this day, for this week? What's the worst case scenario if I let go, if I, if I loosen my grip on this thing that I think I should be doing better? If I just throw it out the window for the week, what kind of relief can that offer me? I want you to go to your breath. Breathing and deep belly breaths are almost more effective than anything that can ever be given to you, honestly. Work on your healing. Work on saying no. Ask for help when you need it. The other day, 
I left. I needed to go to Home Depot and I gathered my children around and I said, I have this vision that one day when I leave, when I come back, you guys will have cleaned the house as a surprise. And so I'm asking you to do that. This was a need I had. I'm stating my needs. I want my kids, especially my daughters, to learn how to say their needs in this world. Okay, so I did. I modeled that. I said, I would like when I walk out the door, you guys to set a 20 minute timer and I'd like you to work with me in mind. I'd like you to clean and think, how can I best surprise mom here? How can I best surprise her here? How can I show love, my mom love through my actions here? When I come home, I want to feel like, wow, blown away. So I'm asking you when I leave to set that 20 minute timer and surprise me in this way. I mean, was it really a surprise after I told them what I wanted them to do? No, but also, yes, I just framed it that way. (laughs) So rather than hope that people were going to help out and rather than hope that my needs get met, speak them, ask for them. Everything that you do for your kids, what are you doing for you? Now, if you have little toddler kids, you can't ask them to do that. I understand. Adapt this to what you can Take the take the principle from what I teach. But really, truly, we're carrying so many of us are carrying the mental load of it all. And then we're wondering why we're backsliding and cranky. And really, we just need to sprinkle the whole thing with a whole bunch of self-compassion. We need to understand what's going on in our brains that simply when the going gets tough and overwhelming mentally, Our brains look for ways to conserve energy and they go back to old loops, old habits, old patterns. Do not get bogged down in the discouragement of that. Simply see it for what it is. Oh, I see why I'm being um, a crankier version of myself. I'm struggling. My brain is just offering old, you know, reactive patterns that really saw me through some other times of my life. That is how I used to cope. Thank you, brain. That did serve me well for a long time. Some days I'm going to cope that way, but other days I'm going to try to cope in the new way that I learned from Riddell or the new way that I learned from whatever. So what isn't ever helping is piling on judgment. When we start layering judgment and shame on top of normal human feelings, we get a real thick pile of ickiness and it's really hard to chip away at that. Honor the feelings that you're feeling, the overwhelm, the transition, the mental load, like, oh, I have to make so many decisions every day because I've never done this before. And hold on to the hope that you will soon have new things automated and the mental load will lessen. Always be looking for ways to to lessen that mental load, to automate, to ask for help. If you're overwhelmed with what to cook for supper each night and your kids are at an age where you can ask, ask them what they want. Say, one of you make a menu for this week and make sure it's healthy. I need one fruit uh, for lunch and with whatever else you want and I need two veggies for supper with whatever else. Someone make a menu. If your kids are teenagers, start handing out nights of the week that they cook. Your partner too. Like, offload some of this. Okay, that's another lesson. That's a whole different podcast. And if you have little kids, look for little ways, little ways to automate things, to pad your days. And for the love of all things holy, when you put on the cartoon for the child, stop trying to be productive and just rest. 
Honestly, just at least once. Just lay on your bed and rest. You deserve a rest in your day. A mental, a physical, and an emotional rest. Okay, that's all I got for today. I hope this helps someone. Take care. Take a screenshot of it. Tag me and let others know about the podcast. It's so helpful to me. And thank you so much for being here.